You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to our Revival Recap. Today, we're chatting about highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis, and I'm here with one of our senior leaders, Joaquin Evans. Hey, Hey, Clint. Good to see you, man. Uh, I wish this was video so everybody could see this funky setup you're wearing today. <laughs> I mean, do you come to work in a fluffy onesie every day or is it just... Most days. Most well, I, mean, days. I mean, not in the summer. I mean, that would be, oh, you that know, would I mean, be uh, silly. Yeah. That would be silly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be silly. <laughs> Let's jump straight in. Um, Saturday. What was Saturday like for you? Um, Saturday was great. We... Um, we actually had a lot of our, our people out of town and uh, a lot of our worship team and our associate pastor, Eddie, um, were in New York doing a conference in New York, which is great. Met some other people, got to step up and, and uh, you know, get some more experience and get to, get to bring the glory. And so that was good. Um, but even the teams that were gone, they, they came out just really excited they, you know, it reminds you what you have when you step out into other environments and, you know, right, even the breaker yeah. anointing that you have. But yeah, it was, it was great. And, uh, we had, we even had some people step in, uh, our drummer, uh, because both of our drummers were gone. We had someone step in from Antioch actually who filled in and, but it was fun yeah. just getting it to do it as a collaborative effort. So I actually didn't know that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. 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 It it, it it was really cool. So Yeah, wow. And then uh, if you are following the dates, then uh, we're not in our venue this week, but Antioch's right. hosting a conference. So, um, so yeah, we're going to go be a part of that, and uh, it'll have a good time. Otherwise, we're going to be meeting in homes and getting together, That's which right. is a great, a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that you know, we didn't we didn't plan it that way, but I do think it's a great opportunity when it comes, you know, embrace it, you know, do the fellowship or if you want to rock up and encourage Antioch, their service is at seven, ours is normally six, but they're having a revival, revival night. So it's going to be, it's going to be fiery. And um, as I mentioned, Saturday at the service, the speaker, JT Thomas, was also speaking at the conference with Eddie in New York last weekend. So they, they were both so, there. And so, so, so crazy. Yeah, Eddie yeah. got to connect with him and really, really loved him and said he was just, just bringing fire. So it'll be good. Anyone who goes, they'll be blessed. So Yeah. And um, there's something else. I, actually, I should have actually asked you about this before we started recording. But this um, petition that we've signed and this role that we wanted to playing the standard we wanted to take with schools in our city. Yeah. Um, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, it's an, it's important to sew into the fabric of, of your city and, uh, and the framework and uh, education is so important. Um, that was going to a vote on the Monday after, after service, um, you know, as we mentioned, which is why there was a rally and all that. So it, they went to it went to vote and they passed it, so the stuff did pass. But um, you know, we we let our voices be heard and and let them know that there's a lot of people in the city that are standing up for righteousness and churches and ministries coming together, which I think is a really key thing. 
And, you know, my heart for that is that it really opens up dialogue, you know. And I really, you know, we need to stop condemning each other so much, you know, and, and just shooting arrows, you know. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring, bring the conviction, you know, bring the, bring the judgment. Our job is, is, yes, to bring truth, but to bring it in love, you know. And it's when it's brought in love that it will open up people to more dialogue you know, to more questions. It'll draw them into the heart of God. And uh, it, it just breaks my heart that people use the facts of God. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It's right the, the, that the Bible says righteousness, but to use the facts as weapons just to, just to hurt people and attack people, um, it doesn't win the outcome we're looking for. It doesn't demonstrate the kindness of God. So, you know, even though the the curriculum's passed, it's just creating more opportunity for us to actually move in uh, the love, compassionate heart of God, while standing for righteousness and bring people into real, genuine encounters, which is what's going to change people. Yeah, you know? that's that's so true. And we're always saying, get get your faith, get your uh, beliefs, get your engagement outside of the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want to do is be engaged in these policies in our city, be yeah. engaged in, in where the future of our city is heading. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. I mean, it's such a difficult thing sometimes, right? It can be really tricky because you're touching on the political landscape of things. Mm-hmm. And you've you got to walk that tightrope yeah. a little bit. But uh, It's important, you know, though. It's, you know, we can't bury our heads in the sand, you know. We can't. You know, if, if we're going to be the church outside the walls, that's a huge and important and vital part of it. You know, we can't just huddle and ask for God just to bless us in our in our little huddles that are hidden over in, in the corner over here. It's like, no, we want to be salt and light to the world. And that's where it happens. That's that's where the salt is needed and, and the light is needed. And, and so, yeah, the curriculum passed, but that just opens up all these opportunities for, you know, teachers who carry the light to have other dialogue with other teachers and students to, you know, be salt for their classmates. And it, you know, the gospel actually spreads fastest and has the most impact, you know, in places of persecution, you know, and I'm not, I'm not comparing this curriculum to persecution, but, you know, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. The light shines the brightest in the darkness. So, you know, it's just, it's just creating more opportunities for God to for God to come and shine through. So right, and I guess on some level, um, if there was ever anything that came back, mm-hmm. at least there's never that thing of oh, you guys should have said something. Oh, it's absolutely. like no, no, we did voice our concerns. Oh, yeah. So let's readdress yes. that, you know, instead yes. of like oh, we were quiet and yes, didn't step up. You know, you never want to stand account at the end and be like. Yeah, I, I just did nothing, yeah. you know? So we're going to keep yeah. standing it and keep voicing for sure. Yeah. So, oh man, I, I love this. You preached a message about Holy Spirit and power. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost a mute question I'm about to ask you. The same question I ask you every time. What? I would want to know why this message this time, but this message could be preached every time, every day. But <laughs> go ahead, Joaquin, give it a go. Give it a crack. Why, uh, why this message this time? I'm having a moment <laughs> watching you have a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, 
this this message now, you know, it's it's vital, and and I feel like that the the last several messages um, are building on each other. At least I hope they're building on each other, and you know, intimacy being the standard. You know, the Word of God in revival, um, and this. So you know, we're talking about intimacy, talking about you know the importance of of having a love affair with the Word last time. But in that, in that continuation to move into what we want to move into and accomplish what we want to see accomplished, you know, we, we need to understand the role of Holy Spirit and the place of God's power in the equation. And a lot of, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of Christianity. You know, there's churches all over this country and uh, all over the West, but a lot of them have misunderstood and therefore misplaced the role of God's plow, power in the equation. But the problem with that is that you're only, you're only presenting a partial gospel. And when you're presenting a partial gospel to the world, of course you're going to have mixed results on you know, how people respond, how much, really how much impact it has on families, cities, and you know, regions. So by understanding Holy Spirit, by understanding God's power in the context of love, if we can embrace it again as a church and not just hear about it, not just cover it one weekend out of 52 or assign it to a side class, you know, like we can really embrace it as a central part of the kingdom of God's heart, his purposes, then we can, we can exhibit the full gospel and have the full, the full impact. Yeah. And this is what's so amazing about this topic is when we come to how we actually engage that relationship with Holy Spirit, this is nothing new. This is this is an ongoing struggle in the church yeah. for as long as the church has been around. Absolutely. I love how you um, I love how you um, spoke about that scripture about Jesus, you know, saying unless I go, mm-hmm. you cannot receive yeah, the Holy John Spirit. John sixteen, yeah. And it's amazing how there's one translation that speaks about receive is the sense of you won't accept him because you'll keep looking at me if I'm still here because mm. I'm in the physical and how much of the church looks at the physical realm when Holy Spirit is available. Right. And how we need to swing that focus. I mean, what, it's beautiful. what is it going to look like if we could just fully engage the Holy Spirit? If we could fully engage. And in fact, that, that scripture reference in John 16, he says it's to your advantage that he goes away because when he goes the helper's gonna come like if we could actually wrap our heads around that one thing it that it's advantageous right <laughs> for jesus to to go away because someone else is gonna come like, i mean if you left it just in that yes, sentence you yes, say that's absolute yes. hypocrisy <laughs> right right absolutely the messiah is gonna go and it's gonna be to your advantage exactly like, uh, wait a minute what yes. cult is this exactly Please explain this to me. What could be better? You know, you got to and you got to think of the audience that he's speaking to. The yes. people who have been with him, who who have left father and mother and jobs and just following him, traveling it with him, watching him multiply the loaves and the fish, watching him walk on water, raise the dead, eat heal my flesh, drink my blood. I'm yes. like, "Wait, now what?" Now yes. <laughs> now and this the one that they finally have fully bought in and begin to understand like you are the messiah you're the you're the christ you're the son of the living god we're getting it and then he goes by the way i'm gonna take off now brb i'll be right back <laughs> and all this you've experienced the last three years something better than that is coming like 
we could just wrap our heads around that, it would change everything. Yeah. Do you think some of our hesitation or, um, I don't want to say, maybe ignorance, but rather the, the way we ignore Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is focused in that we've boxed him into those two particular terms, comforter, helper, which mm-hmm. lends itself to, to our thinking that it's only when we need comfort mm-hmm. and when we need help, instead of knowing that we actually need help all the time mm-hmm. to move forward, not just sure. to recover. Sure. Yeah, I would say that's definitely part of it. And I, you know, I would even, I would even say that your comment about, um, you know, if Jesus stays, they would only focus on him, what they can see in the natural versus the Holy Spirit comes in, in the spiritual. You know, and in the West, we have, we have downplayed spiritual reality so much. Oh, that's true. And we have, we have, we have made them, we've made it, a scary place, a scary thing, because it doesn't line up with science and reason. You can't, you, it's, it's not tangible in the, in the physical, in the, in the same way. You know, it's not, you can't prove it with an equation, you know, and so you can't, in the, by Western mind, then you can't trust it so much. And so we downplay the spirituality so much, but Holy Spirit got caught in that, age of reason that age of science and so people don't know how to relate to to that to god in the spirit you know and the bible talks that he needs worshipers who are going to worship him in spirit and in truth john 4 but we just kind of leave that spirit part out right okay i'll worship you in truth and hope that gets it done only problem is that's not that's not god's equation that's not how he's created this this thing to work and then the other the other thing about the Holy Spirit is that we love to, we can give ourselves to worshiping Jesus and the Father because, in some sense, they're supposed to be distant. I'm worshiping right. our our Father in heaven, but yeah. Holy Spirit is supposed to be here and now, which means I'm supposed to have interaction. I'm supposed to have relationship, which means that there is a level of responsibility and accountability. Right. Like it's supposed to be happening. And you're now you're like, well, it's not happening. I'm doing something wrong. So it's that personal responsibility. Whereas if I just worship the Father who's out there, then I'm not actually expecting anything to happen in return immediately. Yeah. So I can I can I can tell myself, I'm succeeding. This is great. I worship this far off God. Wonderful. No, we're supposed to have interaction with Holy Spirit. So if we can embrace that again, it'll change the church. Okay, I'm about to get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I love these conversations when they go this way. Now, that's exactly right. We do tend to put Holy Spirit on the grid of truth and mm-hmm. forget the spirit side. Mm-hmm. Look at it the other way around. You've got new age. Mm-hmm. You've got all of those crystals, all that. Mm-hmm. They deeply believe in the spiritual realm mm-hmm. without the truth. Yes, that's it. They do. And they're... And they're comfortable exploring. They have permission to explore the spirit realm without yeah. without fear of you know being condemned or being judged. They're encouraged. That's what they're doing, quote unquote. This they're exploring the spirit realm. But so much of Christianity is like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Don't explore that. Like, don't even touch that. Don't even because uh, you you might get deceived. But it's. Do we trust God's his ability to keep us more than we trust the devil's ability to deceive us? Because last time I checked, 
God's on the throne. Yeah. He's right. He's winning. He's way bigger than the devil. So we, in cutting off the spiritual reality realm, we've done ourselves a huge disservice. So I feel like he doesn't need to deceive us that much. We deceive ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> now you are getting deep, Clint. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need a whole a whole nother podcast for that one. But totally, yeah, but totally. It's, it's truth, though. Yeah, it's true. And um, I love the references that you made to power mm-hmm. and Holy Spirit. And it's not this thirst for power. Mm-hmm. So don't read into it that way. But power certainly comes hand in hand with Holy Spirit. Yes. And so what then happens when we pursue power without Holy Spirit? Well, I mean, Holy Spirit, He is, he is truth. I mean, His role is to lead us into all truth, to testify of Jesus and to remind us of all that Jesus has said. So if you're pursuing power without Holy Spirit, now you are putting yourself out in a place to get deceived because what power are you really engaging with? The power is supposed to come through Holy Spirit. Um, but I think the, the really key thing there is, is recognizing that power and love are the same thing. And Holy Spirit's the one that teaches us how to access the power. He's the one uh, to, that partners with us in, in seeing the release of power. But God's power and God's love are the same thing. They're not, they're not separate things. God, God is love. So therefore, everything He does is love. So when His power is extended, it really is an extension of His love. And again, it comes to... That place, if we can embrace that, then it will heal that place in the church that's apprehensive to go after the power of God. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a lot of that comes from, you know, bad models in the past. And, you know, people say, this is the power of God, but really they're putting their, their grimy hands on it and manipulation and, and all that stuff. But that's not God. That's the immaturity of man. Right. But, but what comes from when when he heals cancer, at the core center of that, it's it's not power, it's love, because he does his, he loves his children. He doesn't want them sick and dying from disease, so he is, extends his love. Yes, it manifests in our body as what we would call power, and it is, but it's it's an extension of his love. Yeah. Oh, that's good. If we could just change our lens on that alone, mm-hmm. yeah, it would. It would transform our relationship with the Father. Yes, absolutely. And with Holy Spirit. It makes it so yeah. much less less scary. Right. Yeah. And less less mystical and it's like, no, it's this is the love of God that we talk about, sing about, read about. And that's really the core of what you always express about even from your what you were doing with the healing rooms in Reading, every time you minister here, every time you minister wherever, it's this love encounter, which is so deeply part of our core values and mm-hmm. our culture. It really does break down the fear and stigma mm-hmm. around it. Yes, absolutely. So you spoke about Paul, and when he would preach, he would make reference to the fact that if signs and wonders don't accompany his preaching, then he would question if the gospel has been partly preached or fully preached. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, and if you can give us some practicalities around mm-hmm. this, is when you preach mm-hmm. or minister, because I, I, I want to keep everybody in mind that's sitting in our meetings or listening to this podcast, but when you preach or minister or pray for someone, 
right? When you step out and mm-hmm. you're on the ledge there, I mean, you did it this last week. You're like, okay, now God's going to work in people's lives mm-hmm. now, all right? You put yourself out there. How do you know God's going to move? Well, it's, it's a great question. And my answer is God is always moving. Our job is to capture His movement. The reality, the truth is, I don't always know how God is going to move. And so part of the, you know, part of the struggle, a trap we can fall in is trying to put God in a box, which makes it a formula, which makes it science instead of faith. Like, I can't dictate exactly what's going to happen or how it's going to happen or say exactly who's going to get healed or how long it's going to take or any of those things, which course we would love to have you know be able to write it up right. like that yeah. and yeah. Um, <clears throat> but out of relationship with Holy Spirit you can feel those moments they're like oh God you're here for this because I know you I can I can feel that but it really comes to that being yielded to Holy Spirit to his presence to his sense and the flip side out of relationship you, ha- you build up a history of like, he knows that you're yielded. He knows that you'll, you, you, know, you love him, that you'll, it's not your reputation, is his. So you, it builds up your confidence that, okay, I can step out. I can preach this message and I can step out and I know that you're going to come and back that up. Yeah. It's still not the like, I can determine everything that's going to happen in the room and which order and all that. It's like, no, but I know he's good. I know he's there. So something good that is going to back up this word is about to happen. And yeah. you can live with that confidence for sure. So, Yeah, and if, if, the, if there are people listening that haven't stepped out on that ledge and haven't done that, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting some of the things that you say. I mean, us wanting to know all the details immediately feels like it's more about us than mm-hmm. the actual person we're trying to reach. That's right. Right. And so for that person that's never stepped out on that, and maybe they do, maybe they try it. Maybe we've got people sitting in our meetings that have tried it and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? It's, it's about heart connection. It's not about, it's not about outcome and formula first. It's about, it's about heart connection. So if, if you are judging your relationship with God based on the externals, it's already out of balance. You're already missing the connection point. But if you can find the internal connection first, the, the place of worship, the like sonship, the like, oh, he loves me. I can feel him loving on me. Uh, I'm receiving, I'm giving him love. I'm receiving his love. That place of adoption, that, son, that royalty, then the miraculous will overflow out of that. And it gives you opportunity to be like a child to release his goodness and to celebrate what he does. Meaning, I can try here, I can release his goodness here, I can pray for six people and maybe he heals one. Well, I can celebrate that one because I'm operating out of already being in a place of success. I'm a son, I'm a daughter, he loves me, I'm just extending his love. I celebrate the one and then next time three out of the six get healed, next time four out of the six and you know, you, you move in advance like that, but if you're basing your relationship on the externals, then you pray, the first one you pray for who doesn't get healed, you're like, oh no, I failed. I'm doing it wrong. Like, and that's just, that's, that's the residue of the orphan nature 
that's not the operating out of success of, of true success, which is sonship. So, and you spoke a little bit about um, that thing of praying for somebody and something. I mean, if something doesn't happen, it's not for us to do all the work. Mm -hmm. We partner with God. Yeah, it's not for us to necessarily defend God's reputation. Mm -hmm. We are concerned about our reputation when we're praying totally. for people. Totally, but God's reputation is quite safely in God's hands. Yeah, as long as we're willing to risk ours, right? Yeah. God does it so many unique and creative ways, and oftentimes He'll switch up the way on us just to keep us in that place of childlike trust. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our role is to trust that He's going to do it, not to define how He's going to do it. And when we start to trust Him in a certain way, we'll let go, we'll surrender enough, we'll let go enough, and He starts doing it in a certain way. And then we start seeing breakthrough in that way. And we're like, as soon as we start going, hey, this is working. I'm getting this figured out. I'm getting a formula. Yeah, right. right then is when he'll switch it up. Because yeah. he needs you to go back to the place of dependency, you know. So I've told this story like I've pr you know, back in the director of the healing ministry in Reading. If I prayed for you two or three times and nothing happened, I'd say, tell you, go find a six-year-old and have them pray for you. God oftentimes would not do it on purpose just to address that, that man of God mentality, either in myself or the person coming for prayer, you know, and so I could go on and so, on. So about don't go that, naming your ministry, patch your Bible three times and then lay hands, ministries.com international, because God might change <laughs> the methodology. <laughs> And that way you'd have to buy a whole new website and you'd have to do a whole new Instagram and all that stuff. So just be careful of that. It's, that's we just, that's we just ministry 101. Yeah, we hit a help. Just, <laughs> earlier you learn that, the better for sure. <laughs> You've also got that whole other side of things. You made some big statements. People pursue um, the anointing of God often. Oh, wait, I wrote this down wrong. People often don't pursue the anointing of God. Because they're afraid of the responsibility it comes with. Mm -hmm. And you said as well, people can also be afraid to accept the anointing because we're afraid of what it will require of us. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's, that's real talk right that's there. Real talk. You know, we, that's we, real talk. It doesn't come up a lot. I think there's a little bit of that in all of us, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really true. Um, and it's, it's great timing where you brought that question up based on what we just were talking about. Because it's true, there's that, that little voice, whether it's conscious or subconscious, but that thing that's a little bit afraid to receive that type of anointing, that breakthrough, because of what it will require from us. But the, the answer, the key in that, is recognizing that it's really not our responsibility in the sense of pressure and formula and having to do it right. It's, not, it's that childlike, it's that being that funnel of his love and his presence and that childlike place and that going back to the, I can I pray for six and one got healed, I, I can celebrate the one. Like genuinely, I can celebrate the one and not, and not be broken over the other five because it's not my job to do God's job for him. It's my job to be a funnel for his grace. Yeah. And I'm learning. And so I celebrate the one and then... Then the then next time the three get healed and then the next time the five and the, so it's that it's that freedom that allows us to take on what we previously would have looked at as responsibility or obligation. It allows us to receive the anointing 
but not have the artificial pressure that we would that we associate with it yeah it's true it's amazing how the lens of a love encounter sets you free mm -hmm. because we only really understood that only really heard that for the first time when we came to bethel mm -hmm. before that yeah we were laying hands on people yeah we were seeing god move in spite of us not understanding that mm -hmm. but the pressure on us was still oh god please move it's almost a begging mm -hmm. mental like you said that orphan right. mentality you know yes but when it's a loving count, I'm always reminded of the story. I think it was Todd Wyatt. It might have been Sean Balls. I'm not sure. But they prayed for somebody getting off a plane, and this person had a broken leg or something like that, and nothing happened, and nothing happened. But then this lady came chasing after them in the airport, and still nothing had happened. And this lady said to them, look, it doesn't matter that nothing happened. I've never felt so seen and so loved mm -hmm. as somebody reaching out to pray mm -hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And isn't that just she got born again? Cool, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That yeah. yeah. I tell uh, that was probably me actually. But was I, it really? I, I, I thank you for. <laughs> I think that might have been Todd you. White and yeah, the, yeah. I did share yeah. a testimony that exactly. Well, if you sing for us later, I might equate way. you to a, a legendary <laughs> rock singer or something. Yeah. Okay, so there's, that so you that's your of okay. that <laughs> all right, all right. equation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the lady was waiting for me in the jetway after. I prayed for her on the plane, nothing happened. Waiting for me on the jetway and uh, when I got off. And I thought she was waiting for me, so I thought something amazing must have happened because I told her, I said, hey, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it takes time. Keep checking it out. I prayed by faith. If something happens when we land, let me know. So she's waiting for me. I'm like, whoa, something must have happened. She's waiting to tell me. So I was like, what happened to your ankle? She's like, Oh, it still hurts, and and I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, but I've never seen faith like that before in my life. Wow, yeah, and amazing. and I'm thinking to myself, but nothing happened. Yeah. But it's that you know that that is the pressure that we put on ourselves, right? right. But and she's but she equates it to like you. She says you prayed like you actually prayed like you thought something was going to happen, right. and she could see it. And she said, I've never seen faith like that before in my life. And she says, I've known about Jesus, but I want to know the Jesus that you know. And mm. she gave her heart to Jesus right there in the jetway and, and genuinely had a loving, like God came down, filled her heart, genuine conversion, tears in the eyes, like God touched her and we hugged and it was an amazing moment. And she, she limps off with her crutches and her broken ankle, but a healed heart. It was, yeah. yeah, just amazing. So. It's amazing. So we are going to send this uh, episode to Sean Bowles and Todd White, just so that they know. <laughs> I'll <laughs> so see Sean know. next week so I can take it too. <laughs> I want to link two of these statements together that you made um, because I, I, it's challenging mm -hmm. and I think, uh, I think they're going to go hand in hand in some way, or well, certainly with regards to this topic. But you said you spoke about not judging other movements and other churches when we don't see them moving with Holy Spirit according to our grid mm -hmm. and according to our relationship with Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So not being judgmental, not standing in that in that space. Mm -hmm. And you gave, gave an incredible story about that. You guys are going to listen back to the sermon for that. But then you also had said earlier in your sermon, the world around you is changed by your overflowing. And so it stands to reason if we're overflowing, if we're judgmental towards other churches or movements, mm. it's the overflow of that judgmental mm. state that we need to be healed from, right? Sure, yeah. And so when we're overflowing, 
Do you feel times in your life where the cup is half empty or overflowing or do you separate to, to spend more time with Holy Spirit or do you readjust or what are some of those practicalities to sure. overflowing? Sure. I mean, I think, I think we all do. And protecting your heart from being judgmental. Yeah, you know? I, think, I think we all do. And I think that there is a natural ebb and flow to life and to relationships uh, in general. And, and knowing that there is an ebb and flow is a really, is a really key dynamic. Um, again, we want things linear, stagnant. We want the science equation. You always get the same result at the same time. But, you know, if you're in a relationship, it's, it's learning to recognize, understand, relate to the ebbs and flows of your partner. Your partner doesn't always want to go to the same restaurant or do the same thing or wear the same, you know, outfit. So it's like it's not that cookie cutter, you know. Um, and our relationship with God, the anointing, presence being full, overflowing is, is the same way. So there are times that, you know, you're overflowing and the goal is to always be overflowing. But in moments, times where you don't feel overflowing, I mean, one is to not judge yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that ties into the judgment thing because a lot of times when we're judging others, that is actually an overflow of self-judgment. Usually those people are really self-critical um, internally, even secretly, and they and they beat up themselves. So of course they beat up the people around them. Um, but number one, it doesn't mean anything's wrong when you don't feel like you're in an overflowing moment or week or you know season. But two is like, okay, how do I adjust to do relationship with God in this moment, in this season, so that I can tap into the overflow again? And the sooner that you can learn that process, the better, the easier, you know. And so you can be doing one thing, you know, operating a certain way in one season that is creating overflow and it's awesome. And I wake up and I read my Bible and I spend this much time and I do whatever. And it's like amazing. And then all of a sudden you could be doing the same thing and then you're not overflowing. The yeah, overflow yeah, stops and you're dry, like, yeah. what am I doing wrong? And, right? and usually the answer isn't that you're doing something wrong but he's actually stretching your relationship. So he's like, we've connected there. This is awesome. He's actually drawing you in deeper. So he's like, come with me here. And so being sensitive, okay, how do I adjust? What, is, what does it look like? What does relationship with Holy Spirit look like in this season right now? But taking the time to actually notice, number one, because that's the danger, you know, you stop overflowing, you don't even notice for a long yeah, time, that's right. you know, and then asking the question, okay, not out of judgment, not out of criticizing yourself, but just the question, okay, how do I adjust? What do I need to do? Um, and yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. You tipped over a holy cow. Did I? Yeah. Only one? And you're preaching. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing pretty good. Wow. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, um, but the topic of worshiping Holy Spirit, mm. it's such a tough one yeah. to put language to. Yeah. And it is. It's a holy cow in many movements, many churches. Mm-hmm. What? Where do we go with that? Mm-hmm. Where do we go with that? Because I get the relationship thing with Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I get the spending time. I get the comfort. I get the help. I get all that. Mm-hmm. 
But there's been so much said about worshiping Holy Spirit directly. Mm-hmm. And I understand there's these theological things that we've got to be careful of. We don't want to separate the Godhead too much because it's not three gods, mm-hmm. it's one God. And but mm-hmm. where how do we clean this up in our mm-hmm. in our minds? Yeah. I think, you know, the central point, not just for this topic, this question, but of our faith, is that the three are one. You know, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's let all the confusion and the complication fade away for a moment. Let it be what it is. The three are one. So by celebrating the three of them, um, there's, there's... worshiping the three of them there's no problem there's no issue you can give worship to the father you can give worship to jesus and you can give worship to holy spirit now if you start making a formula where you're like i'm only going to worship holy spirit or you worship holy spirit but you don't worship jesus because you don't need to because it all goes through holy spirit then you can get weird and that gets funky no the three are one and the same way that we have no issue of singing you know, one song, it'll, you know, the, the language will be the Father. We're singing, and then the next song, it'll be about Jesus. And nobody's looking around going, like, wait a minute, what did we just do? We just left the Father behind? No, because <laughs> right. it's so easy in, yeah. our, in our consciousness, those two are connected. They're one. And when we worship Jesus, we're giving honor to the Father. But then if you have a song where you're, Worshiping Holy Spirit, people do get nervous, and they're looking around, like, no, the three are one. They're one. Now, again, I said it already, but just to clarify, if you start to create some funky doctrine or you're only giving attention to Holy Spirit, then, then that gets funky. You don't only want to give attention to the Father without Jesus. You're denying the role that Jesus plays in the Godhead. You know, know, so as long as all three are incorporated, but it's three, it's not two of three, it's three of three (laughs) that are the one. So uh, you're getting me fired up, but yeah, yeah. come on, come on. (laughs) Just getting started. You guys in for a three hour episode today. You didn't know, but now you know. The recaps are longer than the services. (laughs) I'm in, I am starting to really enjoy these recaps. Come on. (laughs) Maybe more than the. Hey, um, do you have a single highlight from the weekend? Do you have something that stands out in your mind? Mm. Um, there was uh, there was some time in the, on the in the ministry um, that the Holy Spirit, like ministry time, praying for people individually when people responded for increase of the altar call, um, that God went really deep in some people and. Uh, it was some marking moments, and you know, I, I don't want to give details specific people, but just there was there was some where like, oh, the message, like the, it it went deep, and it felt like people encountered God, either in a new way or for the first time in that way, kind of surrendered in that place, and God met them powerfully and profoundly, and it's like, yes, that's. That's what it was all about. That was, it was beautiful. And God did, you know, good stuff, awesome stuff corporately, you know, and, and worship. It's great. And even the whole having collective effort, you know, the drummer from Antioch there and all that was awesome. But I think for me, that that moment of real divine encounter with Holy Spirit was really special. So mm, That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. 
What's the big idea, the big practicality you want people to take away this week? We're going after, you know, the well, we're going after the world transformed, you know, which means we need the whole gospel, you know, to yeah. do that. And, uh, and I, I believe it's, it's healing for the Western church to, to understand again the role of Holy Spirit and understand again God's power. In, in right perspective and right relationship where it's not distorted and it's not scary and it's not mystical, but it's the love of God. It's Holy Spirit's the Godhead. He's as much a, a, as the Father and the Son, and we can love Him and honor Him uh, as much as the Father and the Son. And He is the part of the Godhead who is, who is activating the believer on the earth right now in us, empowering us, you know. So we should have very, you know, fresh, active relationship with Him. And that, the, that God's power is His love. So we don't have to be skittish or afraid or you know, standoffish from his love. Like we can invite his power because it is his love. And when we have that in conjunction with truth is when, you know, the full power of the gospel for transformation is released. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm just reminded, as you say, that isn't amazing how nowadays we almost feel comfortable having the love without the power. Mm. But Stephen the sorcerer wanted the power without the relational love. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing? Yes. We need to be right yes. in both of those. Yes. It's so, Man. so true. It's wild. It's almost like the Bible's real and has <laughs> lessons for us. <laughs> yeah. You're catching on. You're catching on. I would have to get one. <laughs> oh. It would take an operate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you stop that. Tie it, tie it. We just tied that in to like several weeks ago. Yeah. Some people are like, what? Yeah, people are like, oh, well, come be part of the family. <laughs> well, hey, family, thanks for joining us again for another Revival Recap. Remember that you can get more out of our journey mm. together at BethelATX.com or mm -hmm. chat to a Connect coach on one of our Saturday night meetings and they'll be happy to point you in the right direction, get you connected and mm. feeling like family. Uh, thanks, Joaquin. Appreciate it. Uh, from me, Clint Davis, I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. But thanks again. Yeah, and I just quickly want to pray this. I feel led to pray this time. Uh, yeah, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for just imprinting and imparting the love of the Father and the work of Jesus into every listener's heart. And Holy Spirit, I pray that, that, that we would all give you permission to grow nearer and closer in friendship and just to bring the transforming love of the Father in, and power in more tangible ways in our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, and amen. Clint, like always, thank you for your time. I really, really enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.